Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 356. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 225, Renegotiations. I like how, as soon as I heard that, I kind of had a feeling what the episode was going to be about, even without looking at the description. Yeah, I was sort of thinking of the um, Frasier episode, where everyone's contracts was getting negotiated, so I had a completely different idea of what Cecil's agent was going to be like. Seriously. So, the most surprising thing I think we find out this episode, which we actually found out right out the gate, is that station management and city council, they're still dating. They're still dating. They've moved in together. They've adopted a lot of cats. I really should have been prepared for where this story was going to go because it sounds like they're really happy. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I the exact same thing. And then Cecil just kind of tosses out that information and then says that he's actually hired an agent to handle the station uh, management negotiations. Um, Alana McTavish is now Cecil's agent. All right, before we get into more details about the negotiation process that Cecil's done before, we get a little bit of traffic news. All of the roads out to the sand waste are closed. Also, all the routes to the president's top secret bunker that um, he would stay in in the case of like a nuclear attack or something, which Cecil was kind of tickled to find out that the president had a secret bunker here. So he looks up the website and they've actually got tours and family day (laughs) outings and a gift shop, which that I imagine... Yeah, I could see that happening, having a, like, you know, what they quote, quote, say is the president's top secret bunker. But, but yeah, so the reason why everything's closed is Sheriff Sam of the secret police is leading the investigation in the Sandways to find the body of Dana Cardinal's murdered double. So Mm -hmm. they don't want anyone interfering. They found a lot of bodies out there. But this is the interesting thing. The university of what it is, is funding the investigation into Dana Cardinal's doubles murder. So she doesn't want Sheriff Sam to have anything to do with all these other bodies. They're not part of the investigation because murders are scientifically boring. Right. However, doppelgangers are scientifically interesting. So I don't know if she actually expects to find a doppelganger or... I suspect that Dr. LaBelle just wants Dana to go to jail for whatever reason. I don't know. It could go either way because I do think she wants to explain away the concept of doppelgangers, which would turn Dana into an actual murderer because she did kill somebody. So if she didn't kill a doppelganger, who the heck is the university of what it is going to prove that she did murder. Yeah, I don't know. It's getting complicated. It's been complicated. Who am I kidding? <laughs> now, so Cecil is talking to his agent. Uh, she's about ready to go in and talk to station management. He reminds her how dangerous they are, but she's like, oh, she's a professional. She's going to do it. And Cecil is also remembering the last time there was contract negotiations, he never got to talk to station management. You know, he just sort of like, there was this whole thing where... I don't know, he's walking down the hallway and that orange glow that's coming in on the building under the doorway and those terrible sounds. And then he ends up waking up in the middle of the sand waste and walks 20 miles over sharp stones to get home. And when he gets there, all of his family and friends are at home to celebrate that he got a raise from station management and it was his happiest day of his life. I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah, happiest day of his life, and he's not doing that again. And I think no. Alana 
is starting to realize what a dangerous situation she's gotten into because she's like looking at the long hallway with the orange glow and she can hear the distant sound of something being chewed. So Cecil gives her a big thumbs up and she immediately throws up and then gives the thumbs up back. So yeah, that's, I wouldn't (laughs) want that job. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, Before we hear more about that though, we have a public service announcement. Now I'm going to ask you, who is looking out for the people? I'll tell you who's looking out for the people. It's the Council for Food. Yes. Did you know that studies have shown that people who don't eat food are all dead? Oh, it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I believe that one, too. That makes a lot of sense. They go into a lot of detail of what is and isn't food. You know, this some like wiggle room. Someone asks, is gum food? And they're like, I don't know. We're going to have to get back to you on that one. So, so you know, food, it's the best thing you can eat. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. So that's the second week in a row that the, I, well, Technically, I was thinking that was last week we had the sponsor and it wasn't like a real product. We didn't have a sponsor this time. So never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. So Cecil has been texting Alana and he's not getting any response. So he's going to be a big, brave Cecil and he's going to go down that corridor and try to help her. And then he starts seeing something oozing underneath the door and then it's gushing underneath the door. And nope, 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 nope. Good luck, Alana. Yep. Go straight into the financial news. The stock market is wild today, like a roller coaster. And the Fed is also raising rates on the English language. It doesn't surprise me at all. I like one of the people out on the um, trading floor said, who does that before he gets tackled and shushed by everybody? <laughs> okay, so exciting news. Dr. Janet LaBelle and all of her cronies, they have actually shown up at the station, and they are demanding the audio tapes of the day when Dana killed her double. And Cecil is telling them, oh, it's it, station management has them. Uh, he doesn't think it's safe. And they're basically like, no, it's fine. You have a radio show to run. Just point us in the direction of station management. And Cecil is really looking forward to what's going to happen to Lubelle and all of her little cronies when they try to deal with station management. But for now, we'll go to the weather. And it was wasn't just me. When as soon as he said that, it's like I'm so looking forward to see what happens. I'm like, oh no, I know what happens. Yeah, this is going to be disappointing. So the weather, it was um, peculiar little town by echoes of Apelion, I think, and I would describe it as indie pop rock synthwave. I don't. I like the electronic dance music beat to it and like Mm. alternating with the piano. I was just kind of bopping along to that. This is definitely going in my playlist. Oh, it's interesting because I did like the beat, but as for the vocals, it's like, hmm. A little breathy. Describe it. A little bit. It's like if you have a friend who has some musical talent and they're recording their own songs on GarageBand at home and they play it for you. This is like that if it was done really well, sort of. You know that, which sounds awful to say it that way. But the whole time I was like, God, this sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like the lyrics. Uh, It's just a peculiar little town. It's basically somebody who winds up running out of gas in this peculiar little town. And it was very appropriate to Night Vale, especially the uh, the lyric, surrounded by eyes and sharpened smiles. Ooh, very much so. Okay, we come back from the weather. And terrible news. Obviously, you can guess what happens at this point. Dr. LaBelle and her cronies left the Office of Station Management, and they're fine. Yep, and they said there hasn't been anyone in that office for decades. They want to know, how long has Night Vale Radio not had a manager? 
Yep. And the orange light is from a lava lamp that's been plugged in this whole time. And the sounds you hear are a tape recorder of Halloween scary sounds that has been playing on loop for a long time. So, I mean, Cecil is just kind of baffled by all of this. And he wants to know... Where is his agent? And they said, Cecil, Alana McTavish died 20 years ago. And they show him the obituary online, which Cecil verifies. And Dr. Lubell is looking at him with pity and says, obviously, your whole outlook on the universe has changed. I'd like to study that confusing brain of yours. Why don't you come down to the university and we'll run some tests? And immediately one of her minions starts to snicker. So, I mean, they don't have any disillusions about what's going on. Every time they study something, it just disappears or ceases to exist or whatever. So he gets mad and he throws them out and they leave. But before they go, they said, oh, we found this. And they hand him something. And it's his contract that's been renewed for five years with a 20% raise. And they say, that's your handwriting, isn't it? So yeah, now Cecil has decided what's going to happen is he has to be station management now. Oh, man. He's like, this is your new station manager. I'm like, oh, my God, Cecil station management. Oh, my dear Lord. But yeah, he's like wondering with all the pain and fear that station management put them through all these years, should he mourn them? He's not sure if he should. But he can't help but feeling bad for city council, who's going to be heartbroken because... I mean, does this mean does this mean city council's never been in a relationship with anybody, or are they going to remember a relationship with somebody who doesn't exist anymore? It's going to be ugly, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well, they better hope that University of What It Is doesn't decide to pay um, the town council a visit. God. Man, that's going to be bad for Cecil, too, because he was talking at the beginning of the episode that his numbers, like one of the reasons why he was sure he was going to get a raise is his you know subscriber numbers have been great, but part of that is because the city council decided that everybody has to listen to this station all the time. And I'm like, that's because they're dating station management. A so. <laughs> little nepotism ne- never hurt anybody. Nope, 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 nope. And that's it. That was the end of the episode. Yep, Cecil just issues a call to everybody in town to close their doors to the university of what it is. Don't even give them a drink of water. They need to understand that they are not welcome. Yeah, for the big bad, this has actually turned out to be pretty epic. Yeah, I kind of like this better than the, um, what was it, the distant prince and the whole who's a good boy storyline. I think this is scarier than that. I think this is more effective. Yeah, partly because it's so frustrating because you hate them so much, but they're so convinced that what they're doing is right. It's just, anyway, yeah. (laughs) So, in other news, apparently right before this episode, you watched the first episode of Shrinking. I did! Yes, that was... It was really fun and also kind of heartbreaking, too. Mm -hmm. I agree with you about Harrison Ford and his comedic timing. I mean, he does the curmudgeon really, really well. But, I mean, Hannah pointed out that they really know that you're leaning in one direction on this before they yank the rug out from under your feet by the end of the episode. So, like, spoilers. I mean, everyone can probably tell from the trailer, main character, his wife died in a car accident. He is not handling it. But he's also a psychologist. So he's trying to help other people get through their trauma. 
And he just decides in this episode, he's going to tell the woman who's always complaining about her husband to leave her husband. He's going to tell the war veteran who keeps going into a rage and beating people up to go ahead and do, you know, mixed martial arts or, you know, fighting bare knuckle, whatever it is that, I'm sorry, I'm not a sports person, whatever <laughs> the, the, the boxing thing is that he takes him to so that he can channel his rage and it's working and you're watching it work and people are actually seem like their lives are getting better and then it all falls apart and then you start realizing this is one of the reasons why psychologists don't do this because if you tell people what to do you're kind of just putting a band-aid on the underlying problem and not really fixing anything yeah not only that but it's not just that he told the woman to leave her husband he told her if you don't leave your husband i'm not going to be your doctor anymore okay so that's a threat that's manipulative that's actually like holding the relationship hostage i suppose really not very ethical but it's like hannah pointed out that the creator of the show bill can't remember his name you know people were pointing out they're like oh god this is so unethical he's like yeah boy i wonder if this is going to have consequences yes (laughs) so but it's it's delightful and i love the fact that apple tv this is the second thing that i've watched on this channel that is just it's just so good-hearted in places. It's actually yeah. not. It's not. Doesn't seem to be punching down at anybody. It's actually like really identifying with these characters and trying to yeah. see how. Yes, they're awful, but they're also suffering too. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh God, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a little comeuppance for his. Um, I guess it's his brother-in-law because his sister, I think, has been covering for him and taking care of his teenage daughter who hasn't had any support because he's been falling apart. Oh, I don't know. You know what? I can't remember. I don't think that's his sister. So I don't know. I think think it might be a friend. But yeah, I got to look into that one. I can't remember. Because her husband is awful. I mean, it's just like the passive aggressive comments all the time. I think you're going to be surprised about that one. Okay. It's really interesting. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember having that opinion too. Interesting. So, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, obviously it's the same creator as Ted Lasso, so you can definitely see some through lines going on there with like good hearted and not punching down. I also love the fact that. This season, the final episode ended just before Ted Lasso started. And I'm like, that's brilliant marketing timeline right there. You know, right, by the time yes. you're jonesing for more of the same creation, it's like, oh, guess what? There's a new season of Ted Lasso. Yay! Yay! Which I still haven't started watching. I need to talk with Hannah about that, see how that's going. Yeah, me too. I I rewatched the final episode of last season because I wanted to be like kind of familiar with what everything was going on. I'm like, now I really have to watch what else is happening. Oh, it just, I mean, it still amazes me how they led you down the garden path and not realizing how bad things had gotten for one of the characters until everything hits the fan. Oh yeah, seriously. Okay, in other news, I wanted to ask you, so you were responsible for turning me onto the channel How to Drink. Yes, yes. Uh, I think it's interesting that lately he has been talking a little bit about how alcohol is not doing well by him, that it tends to, you know, make him feel bad. And I'm wondering if, I mean, he's already got another podcast started where he and Meredith are talking about movies. I'm wondering if he's making a pivot, you know, because if... If alcohol is not doing well for you and you have an entire channel based on alcohol, that may not be a workable situation for long. Yeah, he's talked about the fact that he's not, he doesn't have a problem with alcohol. I mean, he even a couple of times people had seen the, you know, when they see Meredith and they see the shelf of 
alcohol bottles there and people think, oh, somebody's got a problem. And he said, alcoholics don't have shelves of alcohol. They have empties. And I think that may be a little simplistic, but he really, he says, if I had a problem with alcohol, I would not be able to do this show. However, I think he drinks a lot for the show and you're right. He may be identifying that it's a problem. I think I, he's he's been diagnosed with something. I can't remember if it's bipolar or not, but he knows he does have some issues. It sounds like his growing up was maybe not the best sometimes. Yeah. I don't, but yeah, and I do think that he is willing to be open about stuff about that. And I would be disappointed if he didn't do how to drink anymore. But I think his content is so good, I would be willing to give other stuff that he did a chance. I mean, he was doing a live show for a while on Monday mornings where it was just him going through like some of the top news stories and talking about it and drilling down and going to places like Fox News and CNN and whatever and showing how things were slanted so that, you know, because what he wants people to do is question your sources. Don't just automatically swallow everything that's fed to you. Figure out what they're saying and why they're saying it that way. So yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be interested. I haven't given his um, his movie podcast a try, but I did like the um, the live news show. Don't think he's doing that. He's really conscious about what his ratings are and what works and yeah. doesn't work. And if he decides that something isn't working, he wants to move on to something that does. And he's there's an example of this. Have you seen like on Twitter how he talks about the um, the thumbnails for the video? Yes, he yes. changes them all the time. I thought I was losing my mind because I was like that wasn't what it was showing the last time I was scrolling through my feed on YouTube. Yeah, if he doesn't think he's getting enough engagement on one you know picture, he'll switch it to something else, and he's constantly baffled by what does work. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I have done. I mean, I've done a little bit of work in making romance covers for authors. I don't charge a lot, and I just have a very small group of people that I work with. But yeah, a lot of times they'll have a book that they've had out for a while, and they'll want to change the cover because they're like, it's not doing really well. I don't think the cover's good enough. Let's do something different. And that they, when I say good enough, they're not blaming me. They're like, let's they like go in a completely different direction. Um, and I remember seeing at one point a Photoshop tutorial on how to create a good YouTube thumbnail. And at that point, I realized, oh, I hadn't even thought about the science behind you have that tiny little thumbnail getting people's attention. What are people reacting to? And he's got a definite, a very particular style in his, but it does like between the expressions and how things like the phrases that are on the thumbnail, it is something that'll make you stop and be like, what's that about? You know? Yeah. It's not always a pleasing image to my mind, but yeah, it, it will catch your attention. Yeah, definitely. The reason why I brought this up was I've had his stuff on in the background for a while, and he started doing little after parties. Um, usually he's a little more toasted during those, so sometimes you're just like, I, I hope you're going to go and get some sleep after this one. But he has one recently called Let's Talk, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. He makes reference in the episode to The Accident. You don't know what that's about? Ah, I've been looking at a couple of Twitter posts that he's done. Is this about when he was a paratrooper and he got hurt? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I didn't know he doesn't fly anymore. Yeah. He has mentioned a few times about the fact that he won't fly. 
And I don't think he explained that before. I mean, I'm willing. He also gets freaked out at the idea of full-on sedation for medical procedures because he doesn't like that. It's not just the loss of consciousness. It's the cutting off of your consciousness completely that freaks him out. But I don't know that he ever explained why he didn't fly. I just thought he was one of those people that doesn't fly. Well, I'll tell you right now, in this episode, he still doesn't explain it. I had to go digging deeper. And I found those tweets you were talking about. And he was a paratrooper. And there was an accident with a parachute. Catastrophic entanglement. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. He almost didn't walk away from it. And he was talking with a guy on Twitter who talked about, I mean, he's seen paratrooper training and they discharge people from the military after accidents all the time. And Greg responded to that and said that they didn't immediately discharge him. It was 30 days later and they were putting him back on a plane to do it again. And he had what they call a blackout panic attack. And that's when they discharged him. So, yes, he is dealing with some trauma. I mean, I think he's... I think his podcast is really interesting and just really fun, and he's super, super knowledgeable. But, I mean, he's he's fighting some demons right now, and I feel like in the most recent episodes, he's being a lot more open about talking about them. Now, the thing that's confused me the most about the stuff that he's talked about, apparently in high school he was a goth. He was oh, a, he wow, was that's so weird. Full-on goth. And this is the guy with the flannel shirt and the overalls and the hard-talking you know, dude from New Jersey talking about drinking. So the idea of him being a goth is just weird. It's so weird. I could guess I, I could probably guess that. He runs a lot of D&D channels. So he, he does, he yeah. D&D games all the time, yeah. So it's just, you never know. That's his public persona. It's very cultivated and calculated and everything. So anyway, but I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out Pixel geek.com for all the book reviews the movie reviews the comic book reviews the photo galleries Woo! i have so many Think. photo galleries oh I my goodness know. i want to say we've got six up so far which includes this one booth that jada really liked which is um uh, bandai namico i think it is they do a lot of the anime kind of figurines and everything mm-hmm. i also had a couple pictures in there of the the mecca i do love me a good mecca um but yeah i mean just tons of stuff the cosplayers have started to find their photos so a lot of this stuff is tagged if you see your photo let us know we will tag you on all the things but yeah there's got a a lot of good stuff came out this year oh my goodness that one group shot of the characters from uh, arcane league of legends oh wow Oh, that was spot on. Yeah. I'd seen several other arcane cosplays, but that one by far, and I want to say it was, I can't remember if that was Alex or Lauren who got that one, but man, that was the best of all the ones I saw. They just look great. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So next week we'll have Laura Olympus. Uh, the, the preview images on the Fast Pass stuff is, is freaking me out. I'm really hoping. Oh, oh goodness. I've, I've seen, I think Apollo might be showing up in a future episode. We've been, we haven't oh. seen him since last year, I think. God, I'm so impatient to find out what happens. And I can't believe that I'm just like, I want to see Apollo get his comeuppance. But more than that, I want to see Demeter hit rock bottom. So yes. Just, oh, God. Awful. It's got to happen. We need that lifetime moment of, uh, oh, I was wrong all along. Man, man alive. Anyway, anyway, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
Sam, the secret police, uh, sorry, Sam, uh, let me try that again. It, oh, I would hope that, no, you know, I'm not even going to go down that road because I don't want <laughs> yeah, to speculate on somebody's mental condition. Thank you. No. Yeah, that's fine. 